Sweet Talk is a weekly 20-minute podcast brought to you by the Continuing Education Workforce Training Division of Idaho State University's College of Technology. This podcast is part of our continuing outreach efforts, and the format is conversation. We're having conversations with businesses, professionals, entrepreneurs, community agencies, and in all cases, difference makers. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So subscribe today. Take 20 minutes and hear from people living in your community who are making a difference in your community. It's time to get started with Sweet Talk. Hello, everyone. This is Jason Batalden, the Assistant Director at Continuing Education Workforce Training. And we've got a full house today. We got Paul. Good to see you today. Always here. That's right. We're knocking out season three like crazy. So podcasts are going nuts. And uh, hey, did it, by the way, did I have I talked about our new logo? Uh, oh no 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 we haven't no 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 and by the way that we've got gary with us today too so paul and i got to be on our best behavior yeah we we have we we have to be professional today (laughs) and we've got a really special guest today so without much ado i'm going to say the magic word which is welcome and we know when i say that the 20 minute timer starts but i got a feeling this isn't going to be a 20 minute episode so anyway <laughs> gary welcome i'm glad you're on the show with us today you got a special guest so introduce okay hey thank you and thanks everybody welcome out there to our sweet podcast uh, i'm really delighted to have uh, steve quinton with us today steve is uh, as I, as many some of you already know he's a contractor he's a he's a teacher for us in our carpentry program uh, he's, he's one of our leaders with Construction Combine, and we found out that he is an avid, passionate fisherman. In fact, before we started this thing, he was talking about cows. When I joined us, they're talking about cows because this guy's into everything. And uh, today, though, we're going to spend some time on fishermen. Steve, uh, really uh, look forward to this. It's, it's a pleasure to have you talk about fish. Maybe uh, for the audience's sake, you could just say a few words about uh, how you got here. I mean, you came to ISU and Sweet from a different direction. A few words on that, and we'll, we'll get started on fishing. Okay, thanks, Gary. First of all, I want to thank you guys for letting me come on here and uh, speak my mind. Um, it's good <laughs> to actually see you guys because I really haven't seen anybody for a year. You know, I've been kind of like, why? Out. Why is that? <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I keep watching that movie Groundhog Day for inspiration. So anyway, <laughs> it's like, um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully around the turn of the year here, we all might be able to get out and start. Uh, getting the line wet because you know hey I haven't got a line wet all year nothing you know that's terrible you know but um no um i tell you what you know i i can't i've been here what now six years i came over here and uh i met my wife and came over here and um we just been sitting here enjoying this and and not really enjoying this life, but enjoying what we can. Um, got a lot of hopes and a lot of visions out there, but sure miss so that fishing, buddy. Steve, I, I don't know. Where did you come from? Um, well, born in Burbank, California. I'm a native Californian. Um, spent most of my life down in Pismo Beach, California. Okay, all right. And I migrated over here from uh, the Pacific Northwest. Now we're from and you might... Mi- and you migrated over here because you met your wife? Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, all right, that so. was the lure. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Bob. Boy, <laughs> that dude and hooked me right in. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one. You know, she's gonna yeah. watch this too, right? Yes. <laughs> what's, that, what's that, Gary? She's gonna be watching this later. Oh, she probably will. Oh, I'm sure uh, she will. All right. Hey, well, thank you. Thank you, Steve. I uh, really appreciate that. We, we've enjoyed working with you. Let's talk about something more interesting here, more exciting. What is it about fishing that you like? I mean, why are you into the fishing? Wow. Okay. That, um, that's fair. <laughs> I tell you what, there's, I'm going to, I'm just going to build you a little scenario right here and you guys can do a visual. You know, it's about three o'clock in the morning. You get up, you know, and you make you a couple sandwiches and you got a cup of coffee and a thermos and you get in your car. You head down to the dock. You, you know, you're launching your boat about 3.30. And just cruising out there at night, you know, on the river. And you just, it's all nice and dark. You have the industrial complexes over on the on the shoreline and it's all lit up in multicolors cascading across the river you anchor up out there and it's just quiet the sun's starting to come up there's nothing i mean it's just quiet it's peaceful and quiet you get a beautiful sunrise and as soon as that sun first little crevice of fingernail daylight comes across that horizon boom your line's in the water and, you know, it's just, you're sitting up there, it's quiet, and it's just like all of a sudden all hell breaks loose, you know? Oh. Your line is just, just banging hard, you're real screaming. Man, you get that thing, you, and it all depends on what fish you're fishing at, but if you're fishing for Chinook, you let them take it. You let them take You don't just sit there and, and pop him, you know? You pull that reel up out of the holder, and he's still taking it. As soon as he's at the end of it, then you set. You know, a lot of times if, when he takes it, you try to set it, you'll just pull it right out of his mouth. But let him take it. But, uh, yeah, then you've got 10 or 15 minutes of a nice battle one-on-one, <laughs> -on -one, and you get that fish on the boat. And if you're by yourself, fishing day's done. You know, you're home by uh, 6.30 in the, in the morning just in time to get a good breakfast to go up on the rivers <laughs> instead of that when you go up inland and go on a river and go fish but it was just something about being out there on the columbia river or being out in the mouth of astoria going out buoy 10 um i like uh launching out of chinook washington and you have el Wacos just up around the bend but i got a straight shot over to um the um uh center of the rivers and go up um I'll go up the channel, um, go up about half a mile above uh, the bridge, the Astoria Bridge, and then just drift on down. Go on out, fish that area for a while, then put out the buoy 10, fish out there. And uh, last time I was down, it was last year in August, and they opened it up, I think it was from the 20th to the 22nd. So you had 20, the 20, you had three days you actually could fish. So I got yes. to fish two of them yeah. and uh, brought back about 42 pounds of salmon. Wow. Two days. Wow. Well, is the way, so, go, go ahead, Casey. Well, I was just going to say, uh, moving to Idaho, I mean, that's a different kind of fishing here than it is than what you're used to. So that had to be kind of a little. Well, uh, it, learn. It, you had to learn a new, a new craft, a new way to do your craft, didn't you? You got to get up well, earlier it, in Idaho. It, what, yeah. Well, the water's different. It's different. It water. Is. I'm, you know, I'm used to fishing 
uh, freshwater river up in, in uh, Washington, like the Green River, that will come in. It, it comes into the um, Toodle River, the one that got all messed up by St. Helens. Okay. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That dumps yeah. into the Callis River, which the Callis River is fantastic, you know, from. Um, you can go up above the Toodle and, and you know, and, and fish that area above Castle Rock and all up around that way in Washington and beautiful fishing, beautiful river fishing. Um, upper lakes, you can go in for kokanee. Um, I'm really looking forward to uh, um, learning the four species of trout they have at, uh, at Lake Tahoe. Ah. That'll be my next my next adventure. So, Steve, how... Go no, go ahead, Gary. I just wonder, how long have you been a fishing fisherman, I guess? How long is something you started as a boy? Or, yeah, I was, um, uh, I, was, I was seven years old. And my next-door neighbor, I lived in Palmdale, California. And my mom said I can go with this family next door. They went up to, like, I think it was Lake Elsinore. And um, we went up there, and he brought a bunch of poles and a bunch of millworms and we fished and we just caught tons of crappie. I mean, I mean, from that, from that time forward and bluegill and crappie. And from that time forward, I was hooked. <laughs> I went fishing whenever I got a chance. So yeah. once I would get, once I could be fun, self, <laughs> self-employed and still finance and I fished all the time. So, so you, you've talked about that and that's an awesome intro there, the scenario setting and, and getting yourself out out there and, and feeling that peace. And then, uh, and then the, the ride yeah. of the, of the fish hitting the line, man, what a great, what a great setup that is. Is it that, is. Is that your best fishing day? Um, actually, no, um, that's, that's a really, anytime we'll say fishing for like uh, Chinook salmon, <laughs> You're fishing with um, bigger lures, different types of lures. Um, you fish the spring and you fish the summer salmon different than you fish the fall chinook, even though the fall chinook are usually bigger. Okay, that's the last run coming in. And that's like a C run. You got the A's, Springers, I call them A's, and then B's, yours, they call them Summers, I call them B, a B run. And then they call them Fall Chinook, which I call a C run. So it makes it easy. But anyway, C's are big, you know, and that's the one you really look forward to. But you fish them a lot different than you fish for um, the Springers and the uh, in the summer, and fish them a lot different. So, so, and, what, what, so, which one of those is the best one for you? What do you like? Ah, uh, springers, without doubt. Springer, springer salmon is the that's the first run that comes in, you know, and they're fresh, they're silver. I mean, they're muscle, they're meat strong. They've been out there feeding in the ocean for three months. They're ready to go up, man. They're fat. And they're mean. <laughs> mean. <laughs> you got one thing on their mind, you know. So, so, so Steve, you, you like a bit bit of the battle, then? You like the bit of the battle? Oh, I tell you what, they're stronger. Um, fall chinook are bigger, so when you pop into them, you know, yeah, and you're deeper because you're down fifty foot with those guys, and you're using a lot bigger weight. But when the springers come in, um, twenty to thirty pound springer. 
Um, you've only got six ounces of weight on that, and you got your lure. So there's basically no restriction. You just run and fish. You know, you're fighting just fish. Where fall chinook, you can have 24, 32 ounces of weight to get it down where you want it. And then you hook a 30 pound salmon. Now it's like trying to pull up a barn door. <laughs> you, know, you got a two mile an hour current, you're pushing it. You know, so then you usually have to, you know, pop off your ball and let your boat drift and try to get that fish out into the shipping channel and drift out there and, and stay with him. When he goes down river, you go down with him. You know, if he goes up river, you can go up river with him, but you're still right above him and you're getting him up. And you'll, you, that's a different kind of a fight. But the, the springers down in, uh, you're, you're only fishing 20 foot of water. And it's colder water. That water's 40, 41, 40 to 46 degrees. Where fall chinook, you're fishing the water could be 72 degrees. Right. Yeah, you can pull your, your, your gear up from 56 feet and fill your, fill your weight ball. And it's literally warm. Really? Yeah, literally warm. So it's a it's a whole different fishery. But the best one though is that Springer. That, that first run that comes in, they're strong, they're mean, they're big, <laughs> they're just they're just bright rainbow color, just beautiful awesome. little fish. How, how do you Those know where to go? How do you know where, where to go find these these Springers? Just like anything else, Gary, it's time tested. Yeah, those spots are like, uh, hey, they're worth a lot of money, you know? <laughs> and the best thing that you do, if you're really sneaky enough and you know the good guides, well, you know, you just kind of like drift around where they're at. You, <laughs> you see what they're doing and what they're using. You take a couple guide trips and you see what they're doing and where they're going. <laughs> my dad always used to my dad always used to say the the number one thing you need is the number one tool you need to be a good fisherman is a set of binoculars <laughs> so you can see what the guy who next to you in the boat is using <laughs> that, that too but you know something like right now if i go down to american falls if i went out there for i haven't been out there but if i go out there for the first time i want a guy i want a guy i want really? to go and I, if he wants to know, he goes, what do you want to fish for? I go, oh, I want those big mac and all. I want to go down there and catch a 30-pound mac. And I, I don't want to go for no lake trout. I want to go for no brown, you know, nothing like that, or even a sturgeon. I just want to go for that 30-pound mac and all. And so I want to see where he goes, how deep he's fishing, what he's using, what his line is, what his leader weight is, what his weight is, if he's using a downrigger or is he dropping a lead ball. I want to know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, I got to go once, and I'll know, yeah. you know, what he's using. Yeah. And then, hey, it's, the rest is just history, you know. You, then you take a boat out with a friend. You're not paying for the guide service. You just load up on some bait and go. So, Steve, when you're out – when you're out somewhere for the first time, say you haven't had a guide, um, mm-hmm. how how what's the length between um, your testing of a first your first lure, then you move on to your second one, to your third one, till you hit the sweet spot? Um, how how long will you give a, a lure try before you switch out? Okay, well, first of all, I will be mapping the bottom for probably before daylight. 
okay? I want to know what's under me. I want to know if I see anything. I want to know what the depths are. Are they in in the um, column? In other words, are they somewhere suspended from, you know, top water to bottom? They might be in the column at 30 foot. You don't know. Now, if they're in the column, man, I'm throwing down a lure. I'm going to run it down probably six foot behind uh, a flasher and probably run that flasher off of a three-foot drop and with the one foot lead drop to get it down where I want because I, I don't really want to put a downrigger down at you know 20 feet 30 feet mm-hmm. and then you just go ahead and start testing your speeds you know you can go one mile an hour one and a half you know two mile an hour and see what what hits you know see if you can shake something up and usually I like to go with um, live bait you know and so if you can buy it, you can. If you can't buy it, then I'll go frozen and just use a cut herring, cut sardine, whatever. Okay. And see what so, that and see what that does. So larger fish, larger bait, then. That's right. Yeah. What, 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 time, what's you're what's on the ocean down there? You, what's that? What's the largest amount of bait we're talking about here? Um, actually, sometimes. If we're out in the ocean, ocean, okay, buoy 10, or you can swing out to one of those little rock piles out there in the ocean and try to catch some kingfish or catch anything you can that up to a foot. Really? You know, if you go out, if you go, yeah, if you go out, uh, out tuna fishing, go 20, 30, 40, 50 miles offshore, then. That's, a, that's another fishery, too. That's fantastic. And you're using live you know, anchovies there, and sometimes you try to get as big as one as you can. So uh, have you, Bon, have you been to, have you tuna? Oh, yeah. Fish for tuna yeah. out there? Right out of Chinook, man. That's the best place to go, right out of Chinook. I've never done that. I, I can only imagine. I see it, you know, and I suppose it's all, mm-hmm. It's a, there's a little bit of romance, I suppose, when you watch it on those shows. But, um, yeah, man, that, it, that, that's got to be a trip. There's one that the... Um, Gosh, which one was it? There was a show. I think they only—I think they only did it one year. It was about tuna fishing out of Westport, Washington. Okay, and they had like—it was like—it was set up like um, Wicked Tuna. They had like five or six boats, and you know, God, half of them were derelicts. You know, but I hate to say, I just going, Jesus, why would you go on national TV like this? But there were three or four of them that were good. You know, they're yeah. three or four and they're smart and they did it for business. One guy made $225,000 in the tuna yeah. season. And wow. he had three guys on a, on a, on a little one. Well, I, I can't remember. I think the boat size was probably, I don't know. It might've been 30 foot, 35 foot, but those guys, they, they went out there and they did it. You know, they worked their butts off and they made some money. But uh, I go out there for fun, and a lot of times, you know, what you can do, you can get, you can catch them from twenty miles and out. Okay. The trick is, is to have a boat that you can get out there to the fishing grounds in about an hour and a half. That's yeah. the trick. If you get on a little, you know, guide boat, mm-hmm. a little diesel pusher that pushes out there, you know, three nautical miles in an hour, you know, it takes you eight hours to get out there you get the fish for like three hours and then it gets eight hours to get you back in <laughs> you know where you get on a boat that will hit 50 mile an hour out there and you get on a nice day you know and boom you're on the fishing grounds in an hour you got all day to fish 
This is great. This is fascinating, Steve. We got to be close to the uh, to the end of this thing, so I want to get some some good questions out here and have you have sure. you share some of your wisdom. I mean, when you when you catch a fish, you're cooking that fish. You're eating that big boy, aren't you? A lot of times there in Longview, it was uh, how do they say catch and cook. The yeah. time elapsed some most sometimes for only about three hours. Yeah. So what yeah, you got? Any special uh, fish recipes here? Yeah, I got a lot of them. <laughs> Maybe you <send> some pictures. <laughs> I could show you some hellacious uh, yeah. salmon meals. Yeah. Oh. It's oh, great. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, what a what a cool thing to do from enjoyment at the beginning of the day. You know, taking your time. You know, going to different places all the way. Uh, you keep you keep talking about you know fresh water at the Calais River. You said you said. I think I heard you tossing in Columbia. I, I heard earlier on mm-hmm. we were talking about this. You said Saskatchewan. My gosh, you've been all over the place and so many well, I've, fish. Yeah, like I say, I've been from the Umpqua River, which has got a beautiful um, Chinook run, an A, B, and C run. They got a beautiful A, B coho run, which they're really known for their big coho salmon. Um, and I love fishing that river. Um, all the way up to uh, Homer, Alaska. You know, it's, I'm, I've gone out there in the Cook Inlet and halibut fish, salmon fish, and um, Sitka, you know, probably the greatest salmon run there is is probably right there in Sitka in the world, you know, in the world. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's a timer going off, but I'm sorry, guys. Here I am. Here I, I used to kid you guys about going over time. I got to ask one more question here. Go ahead. Okay. You, Steve, this is awesome, but is there a place that you haven't been yet that you would love to go fishing at? Yeah. Where? Idaho. I, <laughs> I want to get one of those big Mackinaws, man. That's what I'm going after. Well, before I leave, mark my words, Gary, before I leave here, I'm going to hope you're holding up a big Mac and just looking at you, buddy. I, I was going to ask Steve if he had uh, done any East Coast fishing uh, or it's just all West Coast no, fishing. It's all West Coast. You know, um, yeah. everyone know everyone who listens know I'm from the East Coast. I only have one fishing story from the East Coast, but um well, but- you know what's really a lot of fun, but like say my next challenge is gonna be Lake Tahoe, but not only is it gonna be Tahoe, but I'm I'm gonna fly around the top of Tahoe around there on a nice cool day. I'm gonna see some of those upper lakes. And yeah. I tell you what, those are the ones that go up there and get those big old upper brooks and those big golden trout. Yeah. That yeah, the big browns. Those those are the fun ones. So I just want to I just want to point out just one other thing. I don't have a lot of interaction with Steve, but I have had some interactions mm-hmm. with him over time, and uh, this is the most animated I have ever seen him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell uh, you got the right <laughs> subject. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, Steve, you know uh, you've been awesome to join us on this thing, and and I want to bring it to a close, but. You know, it, it's it's kind of cool to to get somebody with your level of experience and 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 uh, especially this passion here. I, I see it, Paul. But I want I want to say, is there anything you'd like to tell? Because there's other guys out there who who are hearing this, listening to this right now, watching it maybe, and and uh, you know they're, they're thinking maybe I'd like to try this. What what kind of a tip would you give them for the first starters, the guys who want to get well for around here? Um, I I couldn't give a tip. You know, the tip would be, hey, take me fishing. 
Okay, that's a tip you're going to get from me right here. But, you know, what I could, what I'd like to know is I could give them all kinds of ways how to catch big salmon on that Columbia River. But I'd like to know what they're doing here to catch those big macs. And I'm, I'm, I've got a pretty good idea what they're using. And I've, I've, you know, I've gone on YouTube and, you know, I've, I've looked at everything and sat here with envy for a year thinking, God, I can't wait to get out of here go fishing but you know I'm, I'm i will be fishing here before too long i'll guarantee you that great that's Man, awesome. go without that that's awesome paul did you have something yeah I, I, the most important question out of the entire thing sure mm-hmm. what's the biggest fish you ever caught oh <laughs> uh, well actually i have not hit i have not hit the 50 pound salmon mark but i have hit over 40 on the chinook Okay, I have caught a 37-pound coho up in in Washington, and I've only caught one um, steelhead that was, he wasn't quite 20 pounds. I haven't hit the 20-pound steelhead mark yet, but I know a lot of people that have hit the 20 and even high 20s, but I haven't hit that 20. I guess that would probably be one of the goals i would like to try to achieve yeah. is uh, to get into that 20 pound bracket of of yeah. um, steelhead great question paul uh, how do you even cook a 20 pound fish <laughs> you well it. first of all you're only going to get about you know, each weight slab uh 20 pound salmon you're probably going to get about two eight pound slabs off of him um there's many ways to cook it i'll make your mouth drool 25 different ways excellent <laughs> you, you know the, the, i'll take you up on that <laughs> okay yeah because i know my wife she her her favorite she got a couple of favorite ways but she really loves the um the salmon tacos and a mango salsa that's good those are like her favorites that's, no, that's a, favorite a whole, that, that's a whole nother show right there man we need to <laughs> hey, in fact, that's a live stream yeah. show right there we've talked well, about you that. know, that's gonna have to be a site yeah all right well hey steve we thank you for being on the show okay. uh, that was a great conversation and actually it just sort of got me ready yeah i gotta get out and fish See, Gary, I told you Jason's probably fished before. Yeah, you're right. I got some hidden gurus here. Steve, thanks for joining us. Uh, our time is yes, up. I've taken you over that. I so appreciate your uh, being willing to share your stories and your wisdom. Sure. These two guys are ready to go fishing. I think I might join them. Yeah. I'll stay on shore and, and uh, maintain the crew. Really? Yeah. Hey, um, Steve. Uh, Steve Quinton is one of our one of our, our associates. He works with us here at Continuing Ed Workforce Training. We're really grateful to have him. You can see he's an avid, passionate uh, fisherman. And uh, good luck on your next trip going out, Steve. Uh, we are sweet. Hope our audience has learned something, gotten a little excitement about fishing, getting out there as soon as COVID lets you go. Go for it. Uh, hope you all take a few minutes and uh, join us at ctrain.isu.edu. And everybody, once again, be safe and um, be safe out there. And thanks for joining us at Sweet Talk. Right on. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you.